Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this extra weekly episode of Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, or what we're calling DBQs. On DBQs, myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor, Dane Baptiste, and our producer friend, Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer, Hello! are going to be delving into some of the things that have happened this week in news. That is right, Dane. It's time to question one of the week's biggest stories. We do this every week, so let's get started. How far is the cost of living crisis going to go? Dane, like me, how dominating this has been of the, the news, you know, the stories that are coming out of how many people can't pay their rent, their energy bills. Where do we begin, mate, with dissecting this? Let's start with 2008, because me personally, I find it very surprising that it's taken 14 years and uh, a decade of conservative leadership for people to get to the point where they realise that we have a cost of living crisis. I take particular umbrage with the fact that people accept that we have a global capitalist system, and yet people do not understand that this cost of living crisis has been abundantly visible as far back as 2008 in other nations, and maybe only because it's now affected uh, G14 countries or countries within Western Europe and America that we're now taking notice of it. But for me, the cost of living crisis, oh, to the short answer would be, oh, this is just the fucking beginning. Mm. This is just a fucking beginning of what people are seeing. And the reason why it's made its way onto, it finally made its way into tabloid and broadsheet press now is because of the fact that now regular people are beginning to feel the, the bite of uh, the cost and of living And they don't crisis. know who to blame. They don't, they can't, oh, it, it comes quite... You know exactly who the fuck to blame. No, it's no, just that it, people refuse to blame them. No, but it's, it's, a, it's a multitude of people that you can blame. It's, it, it's something that requires quite a uh, informed understanding of, of of how the world works right and actually it's interesting dane that you bring up the tabloids and the newspapers who have leapt on this right and that makes me think even less of them in the way that they're presenting the news because they're, they're just desperately selling newspapers right as always that it's like it's like a fucking tsunami or or or, or you know uh some kind of natural they're treating it like some kind of natural disaster rather than the man-made fucking pile up it is yeah exactly and that's always been one of the key uh techniques of mainstream media is you know they say that the devil greatest trick was convinced the world didn't exist and that's how successful news in terms of corporate news has been able to function because make no mistake Howard and what people who are listening don't understand is that news is fucking corporate. And one of the biggest um, fallacies that we have had within our civilization is the fact that we perceive um, things like water and air and electricity, which according to science and physical laws are all forms of energy or water in the case being a completely organic form of matter and electricity being energy, which means it can't be created or destroyed and therefore can't be patented, commodified and sold or owned by anybody and then water covering five-eighths of the planet and literally coming down from the fucking sky, also being owned by people. And we seem, as a society, have always seemed to be comfortable with this nonsensical idea that these things that were created and existed before we 
um, even what on the earth can be uh, compartmentalized and sold back to us, despite the fact that they are abundant everywhere. Meanwhile, we've been under the false supposition that the news is organic and all that they do is report on the things that we need to hear about through 24-hour cycles, when in fact it's the opposite, that all of our uh, natural resources occur naturally and the news is basically purported to us by whoever is in whichever corporate institution is control of said news. Now, the idea that people don't know necessarily who to blame for a cost of living crisis, I would definitely say that a large, if not the entirety of the blame for that should be shouldered upon that of mainstream media who have failed to make enough of an effort to show their readers who their true enemy is, which makes sense because obviously the same people that have been involved in orchestrating this crisis tend to own a large amount of media outlets. So it's not likely that they're going to give up the game as what they're responsible for. Mm. People who don't know who necessarily to blame, I would say that, you know, you can blame the banking industry because for many years, most of us felt that this was a stable industry and most people have bought into the idea that capitalism is a functional economic model that um, instead of it being a faith-based system, which according to Adam Smith, who was one of the biggest ideologues regarding capitalism, said that it would be a divine hand, a.k.a. God, that would be able to change our markets. And really we see now in a world of finite resources that, you know, God wants no part of this. And there's a reason why in uh, religious texts we're warned that usury is evil or money, the love of money is the root of all evil, or it's easier for a, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven is because our predecessors or our societal predecessors have always understood that the relentless pursuit of uh, finite resources or capital gain can only bode poorly for society. Mm. So I would say the cost of living crisis isn't a distinct crisis by itself. It comes alongside the climatological crisis Mm. where we have seen um, record temperatures in the UK where we've now hit uh, 40.2 degrees which makes London hotter than Dubai Mm. in August. That's a bad fucking sign, that is, Jesus Christ. It's a serious fucking sign because, you know, the cost of living crisis, I believe, isn't something that can just be measured monetarily. There is going to be a uh, humanitarian cost or maybe, I guess, a cost to all life. We've not necessarily looked at how that's going to affect people. It's going to be one thing when people aren't uh, aren't able to afford to heat their homes or aren't able to feed themselves. But if we allow for rampant raw capitalism to continue affecting the environment and having the ecological impact that it has, then we're going to get to the point where it doesn't matter if you can afford the food or not. It will make no difference if the food doesn't fucking grow. And the thing is that the the, the sense that, you know, have you ever had like something wrong in your house, right? And you kind of do a quick fix Mm -hmm. and then gradually that quick fix stops working and you have to keep applying it's like when a boat has multiple holes and you plug up one of them yeah and it does move the water down push it or the water pressure goes to another leak i had a slightly less profound uh (laughs) metaphor of curtains right like i remember my my child pulled my curtains down and i had to masking tape like because it took a while to get them fixed i had to you know gaffer tape it to the wall so i could sleep right and every day or two it would fall down and i'd have to keep putting the masking tape and just gradually obviously it doesn't work and that's what i feel where we're at in society now and we're at a place where you know plugging the holes or sticking the tape to the wall to keep the thing up is just not there then there has to be much bigger more kind of uh progressively philosophical ideas for us to get behind and when you look at rishi sunak and liz truss 
They're like literally the, oh. they're like the physical manifestations of that masking tape keeping my curtains up. They're not. That is actually, oh, it's actually a very profound analogy. Not only that, the difference is they're much worse than your solution of a masking tape because at least you're trying to provide a temporary fix with the resources you have available. What you're not doing is levying mm. a curtain tax to your son and your wife because that's what we have in this part of the world is that rather than, for example, addressing an issue like childhood obesity, mm. what, instead, of, instead of providing uh, healthy alternatives or educating parents and children about nutrition, what we do instead is say, oh, you can still have all as much sugar as you fucking want, but you'll pay a little bit extra for it. So it'll be like an extra 13 pence for your Coke mm. as much as it would normally be. I think philosophically, you're right. We need to um, I have actually moved over ideologies. Coke Zero now. I just want you to know I have that. That tax actually made me end up with Coke Zero. Well, you should know that Coke Zero is just Diet Coke, which was just remarketed <laughs> to know. straight men because they felt that Diet Coke would be too effeminate and <laughs> men would think they were gay for drinking it. Yeah, I, and, I don't, you know, just so you know, I don't. No, I'm aware. I'm, I'm well aware, but that's why that's the reason it exists because it's just, it's just supposed to be a Coke with no added sugar. Mm. But that's the idea is that now we live in a world where the even the normal... Uh, mechanical laws of economics have been subverted where before it was supply and demand. So at least if people were providing products for a uh, buying demographic, they actually wanted it. And that would be, I guess, one of the ways we could describe in the most arbitrary way, uh, free market economics. Mm. Whereas now we live in a world where the demand is supplied and it is uh, constantly, um, we are constantly bombarded with the idea that our self-worth is linked to the things that we can have. I knew, that, in fact, how to further answer the question, do you know how I knew there's going to be a cost of fucking living crisis? Because when uh, in the early noughties, when I was sitting in a marketing module class in university and they tried to teach me about retail therapy and I was like, I can barely afford my fucking shopping. What the fuck are you talking about? And there was this idea that according to psychologists, human beings uh, are able to derive a level of pleasure and it can be therapeutic for them to go out and purchase stuff. Mm. And I was like, hold on a minute, because last time I checked, most of the time when I see people being depressed, when I see people frustrated, particularly at university, and when I see my parents argue, it's because of fucking money. Yeah, Their lack of access to money and resources normally puts people at odds with one another. It introduces the human behavior of uh, greed and avarice um, because of uh, limited resources. And so the idea that spending said money on a product or an asset which may not last longer than three years Sounds like the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. Mm. So it was then I realized that um, even education and uh, theory can is a commodity that is up for sale. And that if you have enough money, you can pay for people to tell lies in classrooms. And we've seen that um, even further, where even now, where we can clearly see that the impact of humanity and our ex- exploitation of resources is having on the earth it's still denied by some people. Mm. This is still being denied, even though we are aware that since uh, we have risen to a uh, the top of the food chain and um, in our role as a dominant species, we have been directly responsible for not only the extinction of animals and plants, but actual fucking human beings. Mm-hmm. So I think part of the problem is we need to stop calling this a cost of living crisis because every time we start referring to costs to stuff, then we allow for capitalist rhetoric to bleed into this. And if capitalist what rhetoric should we call it instead? What should we call it? A fucking living crisis. Yeah. It's a living crisis we're in. It's not just about the fact that you can't afford your heat or you can't afford your food. It's the food you're eating may not even be palatable in the first place. Hmm. It's the fact that whether or not you was in a cost of living crisis or you, or you weren't, in a country like America where you have an entire glut of people who spouse ridiculous, regressive rhetoric like all lives matter, you're paying for healthcare to the point whereby if a member of your family gets cancer, and we know 
One out of three people in the West will have one form of cancer or not. If you live in America, where all lives are supposed to matter, you don't get no health from hospital, you will at the very least have to remortgage your fucking home just to pay for your chemo. And that's only, and that's if you works once, because you have to be clear for at least 10 years mm. to say that it's completely gone into remission, which means even the most, the most basically affluent, upper working, low middle class person who has probably followed all the tenets of a good white life, which means they go to work from nine to five, they pay for their kids' college tuition, they may even go to church on a fucking Sunday. At the end of that, if you get sick, you are fucked. Mm. So there is a living crisis. Not only that, going back to 2008, and I and I like to I like to describe these models by even removing the element of immigration or multiculturalism from this. Even if you are a white working class person and your family has been in the UK for generations, now at the end of your working life, you might not even get a fucking pension. Mm. All of these are patriots who speak about the Magna Carta and agrarian reforms, and then they go on to speak about the freedom of assembly and democracy and free market economics. Part of that fucking weird covenant you had was you allow this government to take your tax under the provision at the end of your working life where you are pretty much forced to stop working because you're just literally too old and your body can't fucking take it. You will get, let's say, a nominal amount of that money that you pay into that system. But following the collapse of the finance industry, the banking and finance industry in 2008, people like Rishi Sunak, who were working at fucking Goldman Sachs, took our money and gave it to these fucking people. Now they turn around and they're reporting profits to their shareholders. Last time I fucking checked, my money bailed out the banks. Your money bailed out the banks. Anyone who's fucking listening, your money bailed out the banks. Now I've studied business and I know if you are a majority shareholder, when the thing you fucking invested in starts reporting profits, as a, as a majority shareholder, you get what's called a preferential dividend. So before anybody else gets fucking paid, you get your money, which is part of your return on investment. I don't understand how these economic models do not apply when it comes to the tax base. Because and I don't understand people who even uphold the system and support ideas of capitalism, but then also support the idea that banks are too big to fail. In free market economics, there is no such fucking thing as too big to fail. Because you may have a big family, and if you can't afford to feed them, and you can't afford to provide them with healthcare, no one's going to give a fuck if you die which means your family isn't too big to fail. So why the fuck is a bank too big to fail? When you understand that a banking institution is not a living entity that requires shelter or food or heat to survive, it's a collection of fucking people. And here's the other thing, Howard, that I have a real issue with, is that if you're in a bank and you're responsible for destroying an entire economy, you can walk free. Mm. You see, if you go into Tesco and you steal some food, you're a shoplifter, yeah? Even though Tesco's insurance means that in the process of you walking out that fucking shop, their money has already paid to replace that product. Their insurance has already paid to replace that product. Even if you don't steal it and it's still left at the end of the day and no one picks up when it's reduced, it will get thrown the fuck away and they won't care about it being included in their cost center because wastage will be a part of what they call their overheads. Yeah. So I don't understand how you can sit on a board directors as a human being and your flesh and blood just like me. And if you destroy a fucking country's economy, you get to walk free. I say I don't get, but I understand why. And the reason why is because we are so very slowly, through this cost of living crisis, going to arrive at the point where we understand there are some aspects of humanity that you cannot monetize. Mm. And capitalism is not going to fucking save you. The problem is, though, Howard, we had a fucking chance. Mm. We had our chance and we all fucked it. This is what I don't understand about people. If you wanted to avoid a cost of living crisis, yeah, 
you had a pandemic. The pandemic showed you all that you've been taught post-war in terms of how capitalism and consumerism is essential to prosperity in this part of the world. That pandemic showed you if you stay in your fucking house and you don't have to go to work, you're not going to set on fire and spontaneously combust if you don't have purpose by having to commute to work on a sweaty fucking train. We all learned this. A bunch of people from the hospitality industry, they learned. If I go home and I learn a new trade, I don't have to stand up while some prick tells me why I got their fucking order wrong. I saw a lot of teachers realize that as well. Even people, when we talk about sex work, the reason why OnlyFans exist is mainly because people realize I can haul myself for a corporation or I can haul myself for a political party. But if I'm in autonomous control of my own sexuality, why not commodify that? Because they've always said sex sells. But if I am the vendor myself, then I get to be in control. So it's no surprise that in the midst of a cost of living crisis, sex work, which is one of the only pieces of human work that will still exist in the advent of automation and artificial intelligence, why so many people have gravitated towards that shit. So the problem with the cost of living crisis is that we are still trying to put a cost on fucking living and you can't put a price on it. Mm. And that's why we're fucked. And we all saw this because for many years, you would hear people speak and muse about our capitalist dominators in the banking industry or the people that hold themselves for the said um, leaders of industry in politics. And then we learned they don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah. with this pandemic because two of the regions of the world that were least had the, le the lowest prevalence of COVID was the continent of Africa and in the Caribbean. And the reason for that is because the normal capitalists are able to exploit the resources in Africa or able to take advantage of how dependent the Caribbean is on ecotourism, as well as having to pay money back to the Commonwealth. They realized that without these people, you will be fine in the midst of a global pandemic. And these people are literally bringing disease and pestilence to your fucking doorstep. Yeah. And then we allow for these people to travel again. And what do they do? They turn around and have the fucking nerve to try and jump the queue when it came to vaccinations even though they were the people responsible for the highest death rates in Europe. And there is no surprise that America, the UK and Brazil, three of the places with the highest concentration of the diaspora, who are responsible for capitalism even being found in the first place, had the worst death rates. Because literally, they depend on human exploitation for their survival. So much so that now we've gotten to the point where for all of the slow recovery we started seeing within nature... All of the ability for people to sit down and actually listen to the plight of more marginalized groups within societies, we now have a backlash and they forgot it. And we all rush back to return to the same state we were in before the pandemic in the first place. And that's why the fuck we have a cost of living crisis, because people do not listen. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I think it's also now I feel this 
time where the the middle, you know, the, I, I I guess if we class ourselves in the middle, Dane, of society. Yeah, there is such an apathy, that, and, and and such a sense that they have no way of influencing things, and also things feel very distant. You know, I'm not necessarily criticizing people for this, but I, I think in some ways it's a criticism. Like the idea to some people of a food bank and the reality of what's going on out there with food banks just feels like a thing they just put to the back of their minds. Whereas if they were actually confronted with the reality of it, if they were forced to see what is happening and the scale it's happening on, would it make people change? And what would they do? What would people actually do you know if you could if you rallied enough people together to 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 support the kind of change in ethos that we're discussing and and, and what are they going to get behind because right now i don't see that out there mate you make a very good point howard but here's the thing here's the, the reality i need to give you you're not the middle you're the fucking bottom mm. and this is the problem with capitalist rhetoric is that we because we refer to ourselves as middle class. The only thing you are is part of global middle class in that if you turn on your tap and water, drink of water comes out that tap, that puts you in the top 90th percentile of people on this planet that have access to running water and maybe electricity. Most people can't go two months without their paycheck before they have to be homeless. Hmm. If that's how you, if you've got to work so you can fucking live, you're no middle, yeah? Hmm. You're the bottom, you're working class. The working class nowadays don't even fucking work. That's what people seem to have forgotten. People that you classify as working class, they're now an underclass. And they've gone so many generations without any gainful employment or even understanding the concept of long-term employment, they don't even know why they should work anymore. And to be quite honest, what people also don't understand is that that underclass has been nurtured by our leaders for so long, they wouldn't even know how to work. Not only that, They've been manipulated for so long, they can't even think of another reality. And now we hear this week that Liz Truss herself, a candidate for prime minister, turned around and said to people, British people don't even know how to fucking work. They're not even hard workers. They're doing this while they are refusing to negotiate with the RMT on working conditions so people can do their jobs better. That's the level of duality and paradoxical thinking that we're dealing with in this society now. That people are like, there are people stealing your jobs. And also saying, but you lot don't even work your jobs very hard in the first place. But I just said, Howard, what would people do? I think I can give you a great analogy. It's tough, right? Because politically, you look with where we are, there's there's no offer out there. That's not an accident, Howard, Hmm. because we all saw the revelation and everyone saw when Mark Zuckerberg was sitting in court hearings and and people were like, who have you been sending this data to? And is there any possibility they could take that data and manipulate it so that in, in the same way that anytime a scientist or an innovator makes something, it's always said in every trope, in every cliche fucking action film, just imagine what would happen if this was in the wrong hands. Hmm. It's been in the wrong hands for the last fucking 10 years. Yeah. And that is why you have people who now, like you said, what would they do? Well, they would probably vote for in case their own interest because they've become so inculcated by the idea of capitalism now that they would rather watch what they have dwindle than ever be in a economic landscape where those resources are shared, even though they have fuck all to share in the first place. I think the reality of this question is that there won't be any easy solutions. And I think the purpose of this podcast and this new extra episode we're doing is to pose the questions and discuss what 
what the fuck is going on? So Absolutely. It's questions like this, both macro-socially and existentially, that made us have this podcast in the first place. Because if you are not looking around now and being like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, you're not paying attention. That's what people don't understand. We're no longer at the top. And now we have someone we're sharing this planet with who don't give a fuck about your political identity or your sexual orientation. And it doesn't need to eat. And it don't need to sleep. All it does is learn and think and evolve. Yeah. So we need to get a grip. Yeah. This is not about a cost of living crisis. It's a living crisis. We are at the fucking brink. I thought you were about to start talking about Charles Dyson again there. Uh, Miles, <laughs> Miles Dyson. Uh, but no, uh, it's, not, no. it's not. We're not going to go into AI now. Um, not yet. That'll but, be for um, one of the next DBQs. Yeah. But we feel like we've, that's 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 what this purpose was of this new episode, guys, to fucking vent and talk properly about something that is topical, not like the not a lot of stuff that we normally do on the show. And uh, yeah, it felt good, right, Dave? This felt great. And uh, to our listeners, thank you very much for supporting the podcast. That's why we want to offer you more content. And get in contact on social about this subject. We want to hear yeah. from the listeners on this. We want to hear what you think. And now we're letting you know, listeners, because of all of your support, the floor is open to question everything and we mean everything no censorship no worrying about how you'll be perceived if you want to make an account and ask us anonymously for a question the better it is we're prepared to discuss it on dbqs thank you very much come back uh, for the next dbqs and the normal episode of dame baptiste question everything see you next time guys you've been listening to dame baptiste questions everything hosted by dame baptiste and myself howard cohen for more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnapTeast and at the Howard Cohen. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQE Podcast and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Insanity Group. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.